and welcome to Homespun Wisdom Talks with My Neighbour, with myself, Sarah Sharman, and the leader of the chat, Daniel Confino. So good to be back together with you, Sarah. Socially distanced, of course. <laughs> As always. Well, it has been a while since we have been in each other's company because you did a runner, didn't you? I did. I took the opportunity to escape the jurisdiction on the last day of the month lockdown to hide away in France, which is just operating another type of lockdown. And um, so we haven't been able to do this for a month, which has really been a great source of upset. But at the same time, on my long walks in the country, I have come up with some excellent material. I hope you'll appreciate that. I cannot wait. And neither of us, I think it's our failing. Neither of us are technically sound to do it remotely connected via satellite. <laughs> well, it, it, Over to Bulgaria! It's like Eurovision, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny you say that because I think the subject we're going to talk about today is presence. But that has a two-way meaning. It means both some like a gift that you give somebody, but it also means presence as in being there, in person. Yeah. And, and I've heard lots of people talking about in person as if this is the new thing, you know, because everything else is virtual. Was that in person? And no, it was virtual. So this, so this, this whole idea of presence, I think we, we need to explore that as part of the gift, yes. the gift idea gift. that we want to develop today. Yes presence hopefully not just for a moment but something that's valued and useful yes well I, I i think the question always is finding something that is going to have that wow effect on the recipient i'm not talking about spending lots of money no i'm talking about spotting that thing in their life that even they didn't know they needed okay and I've actually come up with a method of working out what that might be. Okay, do share. Um, you see, I think most people, when they think of a present, think of some physical thing, mm. um, which is gift wrapped in a box of some sort, and you, and you hand it over, I mean, preferably tied with ribbons and, and all the rest, and you hand it over, and then you take that risk that that person is going to want that thing, the, the blender. Or, or the um, you know the cherry de stoner or whatever it is that they didn't have in their life, but there is another whole category of presence which most people forget about, which is experiences or memberships. Mm, yes. And some of the most powerful presents which can really change somebody's life in a in a small but important way are to sign them up to something like the membership of the Royal Academy or, or something that just takes them out of their everyday life mm. rather than cluttering their life with another thing that they need to make house room for and will probably end up breaking anyway yeah. or is re-gifted <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel I'm a good gift giver because I do think outside the box experiences or I'll ask for something that is an experience. I did uh, indoor skydiving for one of my birthdays. That was great. Well, that was a present to you. Yes. I see, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I'm gonna get everyone this gift for their Christmas. I didn't, but 
the thought was there. But there, uh, okay, maybe I'm better at gifting myself requests than. No, but then there's other thoughtful things and, uh, I don't know. Generally, I, I was even thinking this morning because Christmas is approaching and yesterday I was out in the shops thinking what to get my nephew and niece. I was just all so overwhelming, even though they said, the eldest was like, oh, auntie, like I'm, I'm of that age where I don't really need anything, but you can get me a skateboard and some money. <laughs> I was like, okay. My niece is like, oh yeah, I'll have a skateboard too and a Hatchimal. So they're very, their list is a lot shorter than what mine was when I was little. I just used to circle all of the Argos catalogue and be like, that please, that please, that please. <laughs> Strategically place it where my parents will see and flick through. But uh, Of course you were writing lists to Santa Claus when in, in, in the years before it was obvious that you had rumbled that great trick. Oh yes, yes. And that would be the... I don't know whether I ever believed if there's children listening. <laughs> well, yes, of course. I mean, there are reasons why he gets stuck coming down the chimney, you know. Yeah. Um, that's to do with eating too many mince pies. That's one of my problems. But yeah. um, yes, and logistics this year are going to be even more complicated, of course, getting oh. around everybody. Because COVID, you can't go into people's houses. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's right. Santa's really. <laughs> You're going to have to leave a note at the top of the chimney saying this has been suitably sanitised. Yeah, or we try to make an, a, de a delivery. <laughs> Please collect from, <laughs> from the sorting office. <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, I was saying this morning my sister-in-law rang and I was just about to send on the family chat, guys. Like, I don't really need anything for Christmas got so much jewelry i don't really wear it please don't buy me any more i've got enough clothes my wardrobe's bursting please don't get me anything plus i'm always annoyed when you buy a garment and then it's in the sale afterwards it's like well i could have saved some money happily yeah. accept biscuits though biscuits that takes us back yes a nice tin broken biscuits you know, I was sure that after our very prescient discussion about the problems on the jammy dodger line, which was causing our tin of broken biscuits to be so overrepresented by jammy dodgers, that, that I knew there was a problem on the line just mm. from that, you know, just from doing some statistical analysis of, of the random biscuits that we get in, in the broken biscuits box. Right. And then later I heard on the news that there was actually a problem with the jam being put in the right place. It was being put on the underside of the biscuit and not in the hole. Was this on the national yeah, news? Yeah, this was on national news. What? So I, you know, I, I was onto this way before everybody else. Just from my observation of, of what comes through in the broken biscuits box, you know. We should have written to them and said, you know, I we think should you should need to call somebody in before this gets completely out of hand. I'm now starting to think, is your house tapped to people listening to your conversation? <laughs> well, apparently Alexa and Siri just, you know, oh, are yeah. absolutely glued into our conversation. <laughs> but, you know, the, so there's this whole question of finding something that's going to work for, you know, the recipient. That sounds like an awful word. What should we call them? Anyway, the person receiving the gift. Mm. And... Um, and then there's this question of whether you're there when they open it oh. or know about it. Because, see, this is where the word present comes from. I think I was listening to the Rabbi Mervis um, on them doing a thought for the day, half listening, you know, it was a bit early in the morning, talking about all the words 
in Hebrew for gift, and there are many words. He, he likened it to the fact that Eskimos, are you allowed to say that anymore? Inuits, I think you have to mm -hmm. say. Okay. Um, have so many words for ice because you know there's different types of ice and if you're on if you live in that environment it's important to distinguish between them oh yeah and he was saying in hebrew there are many different words for gift but he said the word present is important that you are physically present when you give it you see so that you can see the reaction mm. i mean if you give because part of the the giving is the is the joy of giving yes fact, I, everyone's either better at receiving or giving how would you judge yourself I am definitely better given a presence. Than receiving. Yes. Do you know what? I can. So, every year my mum will still buy me stuff for Christmas and my birthday, even though I insist, please do not get me anything. So then I open it, and my brothers have told me off so many times, because I open it, I go, oh mum, it's so lovely. And then I wait a few beats. But I'm never going to wear it. It's just absolutely not me. I told you not to spend your money on buying me anything. Now you're going to have to take it back to the <laughs> shop. And my brothers are like, Sarah, you, you could have just waited a day yeah, or two to yeah. tell her. There's, there's, <laughs> there, there are lots of telltale signs. I mean, if you give somebody something which is boxed mm. and they don't want to break the security seal in front of you. You know, right. I'll look at it later. You know, they, they're delaying. Because once they break that little round security seal disc, yeah. everyone will know it's been opened. That probably invalidates oh. your returns policy or something. I Not always. They do have these weasel words like, provided it's in the original packaging. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's better not to break it if you know mm. you don't want it. Yeah. And um, so, yes, there, there, are, there are some telltales. And we, we actually have a joke uh, in our family that, we, you know, we have a, a house in France which mm. has a, a, um, a plate shelf up, you know, about where the skirting rail, okay. sorry, not the skirting, the picture rail right. would be, you know, quite close to the ceiling. And it's uh, maybe a four inch shelf and you can put all sorts of stuff up there. It becomes quite kitsch. Over, and it has become kitsch over the years with all sorts of random things. There's a lot things. of dust in there, isn't lot it? Of, no, you just let the, the dust doesn't accumulate after five years. <laughs> I think uh, Quentin Crisp first established that fact. You uh -huh. know, if you don't dust, eventually it stops settling. But anyway, the, the point is that when we receive a present, which Jane and I look at each other knowingly, um, that we don't want it. You know, we, we said that'll go so well in France uh -huh. and hope that we remember never to invite them to France or in the circumstances where they might come to France to somehow find it if we've kept it and, and put it on display, you know. But that's kind of code for, oh my God, what were they thinking? Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. So that goes on the thoughtless presence. And when I say thoughtless, of course, the, there's, that, there's that saying, do, do you understand it? It's the thought that counts. Mm. Well, what do you, what do you mean, take that to mean? But then you may as well just say, oh, I thought about getting you a gift. But then there was nothing suitable, so I didn't. But do you know what? I thought about it, so yep. that counts. Instead of giving, oh, I thought of getting you a present, couldn't really find anything, so I just bought this for the sake of well, buying something. Yeah, there's two stages of thought, aren't there? There's the thought as in remembering, mm -hmm. you know, which is more probably not so much Christmas as birthdays, because everyone knows Christmas. Yeah. And then there's the amount of thought that went into choosing an appropriate present for yeah. you. Um, now, I'll tell you who is the world expert on this, and that is my wife, Jane. Okay. Because everyone 
in I mean she will listen to people all year round and at some point they'll mention something which nobody else would have paid any attention to but it's just like they were in the kitchen they were frustrated because they didn't have something should mm. we say and she'll log that and at the appropriate moment they'll unwrap the present and it'll be that thing they didn't even remember they needed right yes yeah I'm a bit like that and you know we nearly came to blows one year Jane and I oh. because um we went you would have lost Daniel I would have lost. We went to the Greenwich Theatre, and in those days they had a gallery above, um, in the steps around the theatre, which you walked up. And I saw a Susie Perrin print of three clowns, and these clowns had that dual aspect of, you know, smiling but sneering. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Slightly menacing, but, but with a with a curl to the to the mouth, which made you think they were smiling or half smiling, and I just fell in love with this piece of work. And um, I, we, there was no one there to, to buy it or reserve it or anything. So I said to Jane, get that, I love that, get it, you know. And then, me being me, I forgot about it for months. And at some point afterwards I said, did you ever do anything about that Susie Perrin print? And she didn't say anything really, she just looked embarrassed and and uh, avoided the whole thing and I continued to berate her you know, whenever I needed a you know a hot button to upset her to get mm. back for something you know, you know how it works um yeah. I would just ask her if she'd got that Susie Perrin and she would avoid the question for, for months and months and then and this is the devastating bit of the story on, on March the 18th my birthday um she got a present for me uh, it was wrapped in brown paper it was the size the, the unmistakable size of the original Susie Perrin all this time she had been holding it waiting for my birthday oh and so I had built this whole thing up into a massive issue and of course the joy and relief of seeing this thing which I'd fallen in love with mixed with the guilt of having been a complete bastard about why she hadn't bought it for all these months it all happened in in, at the one time and of course that is where you needed to be present to see the reaction she she enjoyed the spectacle uh-huh i was kind of hoping to, <laughs> that she hadn't bought that particular print oh. and was going to say do you know what daniel i did try but someone had gotten there before me but i did find another of susie's work and thought this might do <laughs> instead of the clown well, she's, she's very good at that. I mean, uh, if you can call this a present, a surprise birthday party, I guess that is a present, isn't it? Mm. Um, she completely floored me on my 30th, thinking back now, um, partly because I had, without consultation, booked to take her to Venice and just came back waving the tickets. You used to have tickets, you know. Yes. And, um, and I could see for a moment she wasn't happy and then she started smiling and then... Um, it all became clear when I walked into my surprise 30th birthday party a few weeks later and apparently she had organised it for the days that I had planned for us to go to Venice. Uh, so she'd had to reorganise it without me finding out. Whoa. And so on my 40th, I was on red alert that she was up to her tricks, you know. And whenever she said, we're going somewhere, I said, yeah, this is it, this is it. And um, so she said, um, it was around my birthday, I'm not sure the day itself, maybe a Saturday near, and, and we went to this restaurant. So we're going out for um, dinner at this place, which we go to, you know, so there was no suspicion. And I, um, um, you know, 
went to the car and was thinking, you know, this could could this be it? Not really. Mm. Um, and um, we arrived, and it was packed, and uh, there was only this one table in the um, walkway to the toilets, right behind a fridge with a Czechoslovakian compressor that was banging away and it was impossible to talk. Mm. And um, I complained, you know, and she knew I would complain. Um, and um, asked to be reseated and you know he then looked around the waiter saying well there is nowhere we're full tonight so I'm sorry it's this table or I can't help oh, I mean there is one thing I mean we have a downstairs place but we don't really put people there but if you're that upset about it you can go down there and I said why don't you take a look and uh, so I said I will and I as I walked down the stairs I realized there were people <laughs> down there. Each step I took down, I saw more of the feet and then the knees and then the thighs and the waist and the chest. And then I got to the faces and I realized she had done it again. And I talked uh. myself into my 40th birthday party uh, by complaining about where I had sat. I, I often oh, wondered what funny. would have happened if I'd accepted my that, fate. Yeah. I hadn't performed as she expected and had just said, all right, let's just have dinner, you know, I can live with it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the sort of the genius of a presence that yeah. sort of, yeah. And she's done it twice, and I'm, you know, I don't deserve her, obviously. She's um, a good woman. Then, do you know those? You know when it's a good present and it's not a good present because if it's a good present, you do want the person to open it whilst you're there. Yeah. And if it's not so great, you just yeah. give it to them. And you're like, oh, you can open it later. Yeah. You're, Telltale yeah. signs. But how do you know if you've got a good one? Mm, I mean, it doesn't rattle like a box of chocolates. It's not I mean, shaped <clears> like a wine bottle I mean, unless it's a yeah. vintage. Here's a bit of advice for, for our adoring public. Mm. Um, if you really don't know what to get somebody, just get them a bottle of champagne. Right. Because the bottle of champagne is right. It's a sort of invitation for the person to, to deploy it in the best possible way. I mean, you can drink it yourself, warm, and that's the worst thing that can happen. Mm. But you can use it as a surprise occasion for somebody. Let's open some champagne and enjoy some champagne together. Yeah. Uh, you know, after a seduction or, or something. That oh, Am I allowed to say that? Or, you can, but no one's been seduced these days because of COVID. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I'm, what I'm saying is it's up to you how you use this bottle of champagne, but nobody could ever... But then what if Reject. you don't drink? Well, I guess, you know, if, if you, you know that person doesn't drink, then that, that wouldn't be the thing to buy them. No. Um, so there are, there are all these things that, um, I mean, the things that naturally get consumed mm. uh, or die. Right. Flowers. Yeah. Chocolates. You know, all of those things that, that I mean, even if they're not great, eventually they go. I mean, the, the problem with giving something... To somebody which they really don't like is it's a permanent reminder of just what an idiot you, that person was the giver was you know that mm. how little they understood you every time you see it it's annoying you you either have to get rid of it or, or something because if you keep it it's um it's a constant annoyance whereas at least the bottle of champagne's gone the flowers are dead maybe giving somebody a piece of art that's dangerous very know. dangerous um and i'm thinking now that i bought joshua a piece of art um Where's he going to put it? Oh, and you've got room. You've got room. Um, but I, I loved it. And um, I'm hoping he does. But then that is the, 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 the classic of 
looking at their reaction. They can't disguise. Okay. Well, I hope it's small because you. <laughs> I've got <laughs> quite a few empty spaces in my flat for a reason for when I do my audition so I don't need to take all the photos down and then put it up so uh, it's like your video walls video it? walls yes and yeah. they have to have the right lighting so I've got two walls in the lounge yeah one of them I do have to take the picture down it's currently not back up because the string broke but yes you might need to re <laughs> you see I just I just had a brilliant <laughs> idea of a present for you yes occasioned by what you've just said and I am going to go live and just say what it is okay you know? but I, because I've become a bit of a projector nerd right know, I've decided not to bother with a tv just have a massive projector yes um because you can't go to the cinema these days and it makes films so much more exciting is what you actually need is, is a is a projector screen one of those pull down ones you see with the over the wall Daniel, my dear, I do have a backdrop, a do fabric you? backdrop, which I do use when the light changes. So in the morning, the front room is good for filming. The walls are a nice colour. If I need a white wall, I've mm. got a white wall, if they insist on that. If they're quite I see. flexible, I've got these the all... teal wall. And then later, if it's too dark in the front room, I will go to my bedroom. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff in my room. That I don't want. Well, obviously, to I wouldn't see. know about that. I'm sure our listeners will be relieved to know. Well, people have a lot of stuff in their room that they don't want people to see. So then I get to this sheet, that's nice big bit of fabric, and I hang it up to hide. Okay. The uh, organised mess. Right, right. It sounds like you and I have been having similar thoughts without ever discussing this because I have photographic backdrops for my portraiture work, which I buy from a. a a company called Kate Backdrop. I think it's Chinese, and they came up with this brilliant name called Kate Backdrop. Mm. Which the good reason, I mean, the reason why everyone calls things by what they are is because you search for things by what they are. Yeah. If it was called Kate Creations, and I was looking for backdrops, I'd never find You'd her. Never find it. No. But if it's called Kate Backdrop, and I'm looking for a backdrop, I will find it. And I've invested in several of her amazing creations, which are printed specifically for me somewhere in Suzhou Province. Mm. Um, and one of them, it looks, when it's slightly out of focus, looks like a winter scene with sort of out of focus, crystallized white things and silver tree branches mm. and so forth. And there's a sort of gold version of that. And then there's another one which looks like a Renaissance luscious green and red background, which obviously out of focus just. Yeah. disappears so I, I i don't know if any of these are useful or you can use the reverse which says kate backdrop on well it. we could dig this out and do a lovely photo shoot of jesse the cockapoo yeah to print on a card to present with presents but you see in fact this is a, a live demonstration i thought of something that would have been great for you except you'd thought of it for yourself but yes. nevertheless who would have thought of buying your backdrop until you know they'd heard that no one generally buys me anything because I'm always the giver. I'm like, oh, Sarah will get it. Sarah will get it. Yeah, I'm I'm the giver, so that, that's why I like to be there and, and get the enjoyment, hopefully, of, of seeing you know the mm. the unalloyed joy of the recipient tearing open the paper. That's it. One of the best descriptions of all this Christmas giving 
is, um, and we watch this every year, it's like a family ritual, the, the, the Tim Burton um, animation called Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yes. Do you know it? Yes. Well, I probably know it better than you, um, to be fair, having okay. watched it every year for so many years, I can't remember. But the, the point is that there, the, and for anyone that doesn't know the story, it's about a bunch of people that do Halloween who discover, who are getting a bit bored with Halloween, actually. And then they discover Christmas, which, of course, is not long after. And this whole new deal, really, works on such a different basis. And, um, and there's a description of, of what Christmas is about wrapping presents and giving presents, which I, I think is unequaled. So for anyone wanting you know, to enjoy Christmas in a slightly different way, do watch um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Whilst wrapping. Whilst wrapping. And, and this point about wrapping, I mean, my wife is, is a recycling queen, so a lot of presents are wrapped in, in, in fifth-generation paper mm. or longer, which is just sort of put together like some mosaic of, oh. of uh, you know, collage of, of bits of paper see. that have been ripped out. Um, yeah. um, and nice people, people that she knows well will always open it very delicately and give her the paper back sorry you were about to say something Sarah I do that too I keep the paper but then I also keep especially from Amazon if you are ever to order from them they send a ton of brown paper in their boxes their oversized boxes yes and I fold them up actually my housemate ironed the brown paper she got <laughs> she ironed it before using it again but yes no it's good to recycle it's Save a penny, save a pound. Because, yeah, there's an element of, you know, covering the thing up so you don't know immediately what it is. Mm. And then there's an element of fantasy, you know, that the the elaborate nature of the packaging gives you some hint as to what might be inside. I mean, there's that um, wonderful moment in in, um, that film, um, Love Actually, where Rowan Atkinson is is doing up a, a Christmas gift um, for the mistress of, of um, one of the actors and his wife is around and he's trying very hard to get it speeded up but Rowan Atkinson never quite finishes it's always another flourish of bow some, uh. some, some dried flowers being dropped around it and you know so um, yes you get some idea of what might be inside from the quality of the packaging mm-hmm. and then there's this the way people open them isn't there we were just talking about there's the, the rip open type of you know animal person yeah. and then there's the Let's see how this is seamed up and see if we can just slip a finger under the tape mm. and, you know, preserving the best of the wrapping paper. Yeah, it's just easier to unfold it the way it's been yeah. wrapped up. What, what, what conclusions would you draw about the, the sort of type of person that doesn't have the patience to do that and just rips it open, you know, just to quickly get at the contents? Would that be somebody you, you would consider as a lover? <laughs> I've never thought about that. <laughs> Will you be my lover? Because you unwrap that so delicately. Well, you know, I, I think there's a difference between you know the the sort of lover that hangs their trousers up on on a wooden coat hanger before you know getting down to business, and the one that just sort of tramps his way out of his trousers as quickly as he can. How um, funny. And I think that maybe you know, I think that you can see we're getting a bit off subject here, but the way people eat is another indication you know, the wolfing type yeah and the neat um compartmental type you know 
um, and and the the way people unwrap presents is, is could be indicative of what you're in for. No, no, no. I think you uh, start to uh, unwrap presents more politely as you get older. Those who don't, they're just animals. And eaten, well, that's just a different subject matter altogether. Yeah. But I like to unfold. It's kids that normally just tear it open. They've so got so much energy and excitement as to what's in there. They just want to rip it open and see the content. Whereas if you're more delicate, you're more gentle when you're older because it could be breakable. Could be. You could rip part of the the item that's in there, which has happened when I've given gifts to people. I'm like, don't rip it. But anyhow. Well, Sarah, I don't think we can close without leaving a adoring public with, with a, just a bit of advice if they get desperate. Okay. I mean, we, we talked about the bottle of champagne and you did say that maybe you know, for some people, not quite right. Now, here is the absolute no-brainer. If you can't think of anything else, you give them a voucher. Ooh. Not not one from a, a well-known store, but one you write. One of the years, I, I really couldn't be bothered with shopping and I wrote all the kids a voucher. So for my daughter, I said, a complete outfit, top to toe, voucher, I'll be paying. Ah. So it wasn't money which is always a bit it's grubby. Like an IOU. And it wasn't an inappropriate dress, which you'll look at and think, what the hell were you thinking? It's a sort of, go out and fit yourself out and I'll pick up the tab, you know. Nice. Or driving lessons or something, yeah. you know. Um, but a voucher, I mean, it's, and it's so quick. You just get a beautiful card and you write something nicely and you put it in a beautiful envelope and, and then they open it and they read it and, and it's actually that's quite sad. effective. It's, you know, it, and, and that's something you can do on the 24th of December. <laughs> <laughs> but then also the best gift in life is the gift of time of course being so, generous with your means and your time yes so our time is coming to an end yes Sarah and we just want to thank you for joining us yet again for another homespun wisdom talks with myself my neighbour Daniel Confino thanks so much <laughs>